Welcome to He That Hath Ears, Listen Podcast. My name is Dave Krupa, a Christian and student of the Bible. Each episode, I will share lessons I learned from God's Word to help on the Christian journey in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time exploring the Bible with me today. Now, let's listen. Today, I have some good news and some bad news. I'll start with the bad news. You and I have a problem. A very, very big problem. In fact, it is absolutely the largest, most significant problem we have in our lives. What's the problem, you may be asking? We cannot completely rid our lives of evil. No matter how much we grow spiritually, no matter how much we mature in Christ, no matter how strong we become ethically or morally, we can't completely stop sinning. Evil is always present in our lives. It's an endless struggle. We can work on our evil habits, but we still need to work on our greed. We can work on our greed... And we still need to work on our honesty. We work on our honesty, but we still need to work on our attitudes. We work on our attitudes, and we still need to work on our motives. We work on our motives, and we still need to work on our emotions. Then we learn something from Christ and the teachings of the Bible, and we gain a deeper understanding of good and evil of right and wrong, of wise and unwise, and we start to cycle all over again. Now the good news. God has the perfect solution for our dilemma. After Paul stated in Romans 7 that the harder he fought evil in his life, the more evil he uncovered, He acknowledged God's perfect solution in this statement. There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 verse 1 Today I would like us to explore God's perfect solution for evil in the lives of people who are in Christ. If you would, turn your Bibles with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven, inasmuch as we, having put it on, will not be found naked. For indeed, while we are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, Because we do not want to be unclothed, but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Now he who prepared us for this very purpose is God, who gave to us the Spirit as a pledge. Therefore, being always of good courage, and knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are of good courage. I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and to be at home with the Lord. 
Therefore, we also have as our ambition, whether at home or absent, to be pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be recompensed for his deeds in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest to God, and I hope that we occasion to be proud of us, so that you will have an answer for those who take pride in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's begin by looking at Paul's thoughts in this chapter. In verse 1, he states, The earthly body we live in is just a temporary home, like a tent. When we die... We exchange this tent for a house, a permanent structure, a structure constructed by God. While this tent is temporary, lasting only a few years, the house we receive after death is eternal, lasting forever. In verses 7 through 10, Paul tells us that we live our daily lives by faith, We do not live our daily lives in the fear of death. We live in the knowledge of the judgment and still live by faith and not by the fear of death. Now a person outside of Christ might ask us how we can know the certainty of the judgment and still live by faith and not by fear. Look at verse 11. Reason number one, because we are filled with respect. Respect that comes from complete awe. We live every day in respect and awe of the Lord. We live in the knowledge that our lives are completely open to God's eyes. Look at verse 14. Reason number two. Because our lives are literally controlled by Christ's love for us. How? Look at verse 15. Christ died 
and was resurrected on behalf of every person in the world. Verse 17, by being in Christ, each person is recreated into a new person. The old creature is gone. Verse 18, God intentionally makes this happen because God reconciled all of us who are in Christ to himself through Jesus. Verse 19, what we must understand is this. God did not send Christ to add up the total of each person's sins. In fact, God sent Christ to create the means and the opportunity to reconcile man to himself. God succeeded in doing what he intended to do. Anyone can accept the reconciliation. Now pay close attention to verses 20 and 21. We that are in Christ are ambassadors of Christ, and as such we should plead to those outside of Christ to accept this reconciliation made possible by God. God took Jesus, who never sinned, who had no sin, and made Jesus to be sin on our behalf. It is because God made Jesus to be sin for us that we can become the righteousness of God in Jesus. This is probably one of the most incredible statements in the Bible. God took the pure, holy, sinless, only begotten Son, Jesus, and made Him to be sin. When did God actually do that? When Jesus died on the cross. In my understanding, it actually happened just before Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27 and 46. God allowed the sin of humanity, from the first sin of Adam and Eve, to the last sin that will be committed before the end of the world, to be placed on the sinless body of Jesus. When the sin was placed on Jesus' body, God withdrew his presence from Jesus. Consider the incredible Savior we have. Though he never sinned, he experienced what it's like to die separated from the presence of God. Jesus endured that experience so we would not have to. Because God covered the body of Jesus with our sins as he died... God can cover us with the perfect righteousness of Jesus. When God looked at Jesus on the cross, he saw our sins because Jesus was wearing our sins. When God looks at a person in Christ, he sees Jesus' perfect righteousness because we are wearing Christ. Now you may be thinking, that sounds like speculation. Decide for yourself if it is speculation. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Peter talks to slaves who had become Christians. He told them that it was not unjust for them to suffer because they are Christians. In verses 21 through 24, he told them that Jesus himself was their example. 
Jesus went through the ordeal of his trials and death without sinning, without any form of retaliation. He placed all the injustice that occurred in God's hands, knowing that God will judge righteously. And look at what Peter said about Jesus in verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. The Christians in Galatia had been told by Jewish Christians that their baptism was invalid because they had not obeyed the rituals of Jewish law. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul said that was completely false. For you all are the children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verses 26 through 27. When we enter Christ, our sins are forgiven because they were placed on the body of Christ and we are clothed in Jesus' righteousness. But sin continues to be a problem in our lives, even after baptism, as long as we live. That's an absolutely correct statement. But God's perfect solution has that one covered too. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 John chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and announced to you, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Verses 1 through 5 of 1 John let us know that John is writing to Christians, which is a very important point in the context of this scripture. In verse 5, John tells us that God is light, and there is no darkness in God. God is sinless, existing in a sinless environment. God and evil are as totally opposite as light and total darkness. In verse 6, he tells us, If we claim that we have fellowship with God while we live outside of Christ, we are deceiving ourselves and not practicing the truth. In verse 7, he tells us if we live our lives in the light that comes from God, two things happen. First, the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin. And secondly, we have fellowship with each other. In verse 8, John points out that if we want to claim that we don't need that cleansing, 
we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us because all of us Christians have sin. Verse 9, he points out that if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and righteous. He will forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In verse 10, John points out that if Christians say that they have not sinned, we make God a liar and God's word is not in us. After I am baptized into Christ, if I will be honest with God and myself, if I will confess my sins as I realize that I do evil, then God will keep me in a continual state of forgiveness and a continual state of cleansing. If I will acknowledge my sin as I seek to walk in God's light, God through His forgiveness will keep me in a state of purity. I cannot be perfect, but I can be honest with God and accept responsibility for my mistakes as I realize them. God's solution is perfect. He placed yours and my sins on the body of His Son, Jesus the Christ. When you are baptized into Christ, not only are your sins forgiven, but you are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. As we continue to learn to live in God's light, if we accept responsibility for our mistakes and confess them to God, He will forgive us of all the sins that occur in our lives. That is our incredible living God. That is our incredible Savior. That is our salvation. That, my friends, is the perfect solution. Thanks for listening. W. Clement Stone wrote, That which you share multiplies, that which you withhold diminishes. If you found this podcast enjoyable, share the link with someone you care about.